the only podcast with interactive quick time events. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Exclamation Mark Podcast, the only podcast with interactive quick time events. Press X now, now Y, now B, now right bumper, now left bumper, now X again. Oh, you failed. Too bad, podcast over. My name is Crofton Steers. I am the Greg Miller of this show, if you will. Uh, and with me, as always, is Bo Schwartz, the PewDiePie of this show. Hi, guys. How's it going? Play some games. I'm PewDiePie. We're both trending gamers. Listen, I, is that what PewDiePie does? I don't even know. I don't really watch the guy. I, I think I might have seen one video, and I think that's what he sounds like. But uh, also, who is Greg Miller? You don't you don't know Greg Miller? I know. Man, he, I'm a huge Greg Miller fanboy. Greg, he, if you're listening, call me. Um, he's, ooh, yeah, he's, like uh, he was an IGN personality, has now started Kind of Funny Games. I listen to their podcast all the time. Yeah, Sweet. I, I know he won an award at the VGA. Which we're going to dive into, but that was probably the first time I heard of Greg Miller. I was like, okay. But that's because you're not very informed on some of this stuff, Bo. I, that's why you have I'm me in your life. I'm on the general game enthusiast. I'm like the niche. I, like, I know certain niches. Like, if you give me, you know, who's playing Elite Dangerous on Twitch, like, I know the guys. But if you ask me who the large general gaming people are i'm like i don't like those people but let's let's, let's i argue. think you'd like greg miller he's he's a pretty jovial guy and honestly um he is a little more playstation focused like his show on ign was called beyond and he they have a new playstation show as well so they are a little more console focused uh so that could explain Bo, as longtime listeners may be aware is hates everyone who owns a console with the rage of a thousand suns I don't hate them. I just don't buy them. And I don't get why you would choose, you know, a Cadillac. Why, why wouldn't you choose a Rolls, Rolls Royce and instead get like a, you know, some crappy sedan that is, that's the console in this analogy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? One time when we do a dialogue tree on the show, we should do like a point counterpoint consoles versus PC. Yes, we need to have that war because that conversation is not happening enough on the internet. I just think it would be. We really yeah. need to have. No, obviously that always happens, and like there's the PC master race, and then there's the the console, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, the mass console population. Anyway. Um, Let's. Uh, I think we should just dive right into it because okay, we've been off for two weeks, as you may recall, Bo. Uh, have we? We needed a I little time our to recharge. Our listeners are going to go a whole three weeks without an episode. Finally, they're going to cross this desert and get to a new episode and be very pleased. I think. And I think that's you know, um, podcasts need to recharge sometimes. And we were we wanted to play some games. We felt that we'd been sort of. Um, uh, talking about the same games for a while, and I think both of us have played some new stuff we want to talk about today. And uh, there's a lot of game news, right? There's a lot of stuff to talk about. The Game Awards 2015, PlayStation Experience this week, and a lot of other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we it's all built up, and we're ready to, to go through it. Now, I don't know how long this episode will be, but buckle your seat belts, 
uh, boys and girls, unless you're on the bus. Yeah. You probably or, you don't know, have to Take belt. your time moving your bowels if you're listening to this on the toilet. Um, yeah, it, and if you're it'll get work, you through a lot of... And if you're at work, of, then whatever. you got a lot, big, long eight-hour day. you got plenty of time to listen to us talk. Um, I know some people do listen to the sh- these shows at work, so if that's, that's you... This, this is dedicated to the Workday uh, podcast listener. All right. Hells yes. All right, so let's let's just start up. Let's cue up the music, right? Right on. All right. Wait, do you do the thing? I, it's been so long, I, I forget. Aren't you supposed to? No, it's, it's you. I I wouldn't even know where to begin pulling but, it. But aren't you, aren't you supposed to roll out the red carpet and say, Oh, And yes. now it's time for Crofton's Banana Hammock. It's time for the news in a segment we like to call readme.txt. Stop it in a hammock. Readme.txt. All right. The biggest... The biggest piece of news that happened in, in our three weeks off, I think, was the Game Awards. Game Awards, for sure. It's it's funny because it's um it's that time right at the end of the year. It's not just the Game Awards, but soon all the big websites and whatever will be rolling out their Game of the Year type nominees. But I feel like um so a few years ago there was that. Do you remember the VGAs on uh, on Spike? Do you ever remember those? Yeah, I remember those. This isn't the same thing. Well, it's sort of like they discontinued the VGAs ah. uh, two years ago or something. And then Jeff Keighley, um, who's a prominent video game personality. He continued... often hosts BlizzCon and didn't this year to focus on Game Awards, actually. Yeah, and he he wasn't even sure that he was going to do it again. Like it, it, he said, it's you know, it's, a, it's clearly a lot of work, a lot of organization. It's neat that it's streamed on YouTube and all that. Did you watch the Game Awards this year? I did, but um, I might have been playing a game while watching it. So Which is the was, only way to watch them. My focus might have been like, because clearly I missed some things, <laughs> which we'll, we'll go over because you didn't. <laughs> so what were you, okay, let's start with what were your overall impressions? My overall impressions was that, okay, so we have another show called Good, Bad, or Bullshit where we discussed game or just award shows. And to me, this fell into that category of like you know it was the gaming cartel advertising all of its wares at the market on there was a lot of marketing yeah and so it was just it was just uninteresting i suppose um i was sort my curiosity was piqued at the amount of times her story won for things um i was i think it didn't it only win the one award it won two awards actually um, I think for best uh, VO performance and for some other thing too. Um, hang on, I've got it up here. Maybe best narrative or something like that. Yeah, best narrative, and I think it was the, the woman who was featured yeah. in the one for that as well. But um, I, I had a little cheer because you know, of course, Rocket League won won an award and and it I, won I, two awards. Oh, well, well won two, and um, I only cut the one. And um, The Witcher, you know, one uh, every time Witcher, a box got checked off in my head. The Crofton, oh, Crofton's like approves of this Witcher thing because <laughs> I know you're a big fan of The Witcher. Dude, you have no idea how excited I was when they one came of the year and that Polish guy ran back yeah. up. I was like, yeah, so I'm so happy. There were some... I just, you could not have picked 
winners more in line with Crofton if you tried. So best art direction went to Ori in the Blind Forest, which I gushed about earlier this year. Totally agree. Amazing. Best, um, you know, best sports game and best independent game went to Rocket League. Totally agree. Amazing. Best developer of the year and best uh, game of the year and best RPG of the year went to The Witcher 3. I'll be honest. I'm st- I was starting to – I have not played yet Metal Gear Solid Five. I'm about to, but it's essentially the big competitor to The Witcher 3 in these big awards. And a, a lot of people on a lot of other podcasts talk about Metal Gear Solid as like the game to beat. I listened to a predictions of the game awards show before and everybody's talking about Metal Gear Solid. And I was like, what is wrong with you people? The Witcher 3 is one of the greatest games of all time. So – I was actually really happy when when it won. And I share your stuff about award shows, Bo, but honestly, um, I can see generally past the marketing stuff. And in a show like this, they're talking about games that I care about. All the games that I was into won, and um, there was trailers for new games and stuff like that and announcements. And I like that as well. So in terms of award shows, if I'm going to watch one, I thought – it was super well put together. It was sort of classy. There were some musical performances, but they weren't like ostentatious. It wasn't like the Spike Awards that were really kind of – there was a touching tribute to uh, Iwata who died for Nintendo this year. Greg Miller delivered a really great speech as the trending gamer. I was so glad that he won and not that's, some of those. That's other. fans' choice. I like, to, I like to underscore the fans' choice section, which is just – it's basically who can get the most tweets motivated. Like, mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with anything. But Especially, that's what a trending It's a not trending best gamer. gamer. It's not most influential gamer. It's tr- it's the trending gamer. It's well, like, they are they they are the most influential food? gamer if they're able to get the most votes out, right? Like, yeah, but that's like that's what influence is. There's nothing of substance to being the most influential. Uh, no, there isn't. Gamer. But you should. Greg took that what is essentially a meaningless award and made it like a touch of tribute to the industry in his speech. I thought that was amazing. I missed um, the speech. I. Because I'm like trending gamers is dumb. I tuned out and watched the game, played the game I was playing. I didn't you should play. you should watch the speech. It helps that I know uh, who Greg was and stuff like that. But his speech is pretty much. I made my wife watch it and she thought but it was I, great. I know, so, like the names here aren't uh, for the nominees. Like uh, Total Biscuit, someone whose videos I've watched before. We know who PewDiePie is, and this Monte Cristo. Out of everyone on the list, I think I like this Christopher Mickles guy. He's um he's a shoutcaster in esports for League of Legends. He's the only one I'd never heard of. Yeah, he um, he's a he's a. It's funny because this guy is not like a gaming advertisement. He's strictly he's like a sportscaster for basketball. He's just a guy who does League of Legends and knows the game really well. The Korean scene in particular really well. Greg um, Miller's the best. I agree. Um, so. <laughs> um, the- uh, yeah, so th- was there – I guess like th- the problem you you had and the, one of the reasons you're raging against this clearly is you haven't played probably one of the games other than Rocket well, League was here, nominated. Here's the big way the games affected me. And if you want a longer conversation on this, listen to Core. It's the Heroes of the Storm podcast to do. But they had an eSports game of the year. Notably, most of the games on this list were not released this year. They have like League of Legends, Dota, Counter-Strike Go – um, Hearthstone, like n- not new games, but they had an esports category, no heroes on the list. We had a long conversation about that. And so all of this fan choice stuff I thought was highly like suspect and 
I'm trying to look at, you know. It, it said the nominees for the Game Awards were selected by a jury of 30 international media, um, except for the esports. So esports nominees were voted on by an advisory panel consisting of esports, media, and sites. I think that's about as best. Like, they seem to handle it. Only Trending Gamer was the one that was voted for. Like, everything else was was done by, like, I, th- I thought in, in, in terms of being an accurate representation, like, honestly, I haven't played all these games, but I feel like, the Witcher Three was getting shat on, or not shat on by people, but I'd watch these 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 shows or these these listen to these podcasts, and people would not have played it. Like they they oh, I played the beginning, but then I got you know I had other stuff to do because I'm a busy games journalist. Well, that's fine and good, but it's the game. It's it's amazing, and somebody needs to fully get immersed in it. And so I really did like the fact that this jury of thirty international media, like clearly people from around the world, there yeah. was. A, a fine enough advantage that they gave them the the win and CD Projekt Red, which as we remember from my unboxing and the nice note that they gave saying thank you for buying our product, the free DLC, for them to get developer of the year, I think is pretty awesome as well. Yeah, and that's the jury voted stuff. So this esports stuff was all fans fan based. Like it's all it's not no, the, the jury. E- esports stuff was voted on by an advisory panel consisting of esports media and websites. Well, what is so it's like, like that's why is the it best called, way to do it. Why is it, it called like, fans' choice if fans aren't voting for it? The like, fa- fans, I don't know because it's in a different category. But they they say it at the top of the. If you go to the, the nominee awards site and you go to the nominees page, like and you scroll down, you'll see yeah, fans' yeah. choice. Like read read the thing that it says at the beginning at the very beginning at top. It says. Uh, esports nominees were voted on by an advisory panel consisting of esports media and sites. So what that means yeah, probably but... is that they set the nominees. Yeah. So I... if if you're lamenting that something was left off the nominees list, it's because they vo- they voted it off the right. Well, the list, regardless, right? it's bullshit either way. But yes, I you're right. That bullshit because your favorite game was not on it. Exactly. That's why, That's why award shows are bad. Crofton, your favorite. You were validated this year at the award show, but there have been other years where this it, the blade cuts both ways. Dragon Age Inquisition winning game of the year last year, such a pile of crap. And you know you haven't played Dragon Age Inquisition. The game was out two days, and they got the game of the year award. I, I call shenanigans. There were some other releases that year that were probably much better. And I just last don't know, year was I don't know how you decide games. in three days that this is the game of the year. It seems really weird. Because it, as long as they meet the the release window, which it says at the top there, it, as long as they meet the release window um, and they get advanced code and stuff, people can play it. And I, I know how the rules work, but honestly, I'm not going to decide a game is like the best thing I've ever played with my initial reaction. Like that opinion needs time to form and ferment. And I feel I felt like that was really it felt like this game is awesome it just got released game of the year you know and and what i would argue that it was the game of last year though like only hearthstone might have been worth considering and a lot of people did consider it but like i mean last year was a shit year for games well i'm not saying that it didn't i'm saying the manner in which it was handled is is suspect and that i don't agree that the award shows are, you know, I don't think any of this is valuable to anybody except for the industry involved. So games, games, <laughs> gamers gonna... love game of the year stuff of any culture. I'm a gamer that and I, can I hate it. Of... 
<laughs> if any culture that I can think of, gamers love it more than anyone. They love it more than the cinephiles. They love it more than the book readers. They love they everybody. Um, Not everybody floods floods <laughs> to these game of the year sites uh, every year. They talk about how they get their their highest metrics. There are people who are interested in it now. I, of course, there's always outliers, and you're an outlier in this. But like, it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that there is an acute interest. And I feel like as part of um, as part of giving sort of like the same sort of gravitas to our chosen interest. Uh, industry and stuff like that if there are going to be these game awards or these award shows um for other industries it's only right that the people that work hard making games get recognized as well and i feel like this show compared to the spike show previously compared to just getting recognized on some website is much more meaningful it's it's nice you get attention you you get to see faces as opposed to just reading like you know who the winner was and stuff uh i i thought it was like seeing that polish dude go up and and, and accept the award for for her best uh developer and be so excited and and and, and shouting out to his his friends back home like I don't know. I, I I like that they get that opportunity because they're sitting in front of their computer working so hard, you know? Yeah, well, Greg's same with the developers of Heroes of the Storm, by the way, not nominated in any of the jury voted categories, which, in my point of view, is a huge oversight since it was released this year. But when you're when you feel good about the people that have won, then it's all great. But then when you like something that doesn't get recognized, it sucks. No, that's that's true. And like in every every medium, there's tons of movies or tons of games that come out, and they can't all be, uh, they can't all you know make the final cut or or be nominated and stuff. I look at the categories here, and uh, there's only a couple that I would have that maybe a game like um, Heroes would would fit into. But it doesn't mean that it's a bad game that it's not nominated or whatever. But it it just you know like i understand like if the witcher had been screwed out of game of the year and like let's say i don't know fallout 4 won it or whatever i might be like i might be much more sour on it than i am now but that's that goes to show in your bitterness and 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 me being me admitting that goes to show the power that these things have like people do put stock in them and i think of all the shows this is the best of of the ones that both, both like even comparing it to the big budget ones like the Oscars. They they're in under time cap. They um they balance they you know the show moves quickly. Few commercials because it's on YouTube. Um, there are some really obnoxious sponsorship stuff, but I understand that they have to make ends meet, and they're fairly transparent about it for the most part. And uh, and then there's and then they have like you know fairly straightforward interesting categories unlike these other shows that have like really annoying boring categories almost everyone I care about in in for the game award so I thought they did a good job of putting it together and I I'll be looking forward to it next year but I can see how it'd be annoying yeah, if you there's were... a lot of annoying aspects for me but I will say on the advertising front that um you know watching advertisements for games like you're tuning in because you like games it's not. It's it's totally fine to see marketing for new. We like hype on the thing we like. It's when we start getting ads for Doritos that I mean I start losing my crap. Well, what I what drove me nuts was they had this um they had this like lady in this social lounge with uh with oh, the God, Star Wars the battle Battlefront thing. Yeah, that was yeah that was unbearable. Yeah, and even, and, and even was, Cliffy B was in there going like, yeah, I really like Battlefront. I mean, I got this game Lawbreakers. It's way fucking better. Well, oops, I didn't say that, but. 
Um, Battlefront, yeah. you should play it. I like the um, J. What's your favorite part like of Battlefront? Oh, I love playing as Darth Vader, and like every, everybody, you know, came out, and nobody, you can't, nobody could say like, well, I like Battlefront, but there's a dearth of content. You know, nobody's going to say that. They're yeah. just going to be like, yeah, it's so good. And so that that stuff definitely uh, was annoying. But I really like the touching tribute to uh, Iwata and and um, Greg Miller's speech, and I just thought there was a, a, a fair amount of class to it, and also uh, the, I like. The Hideo like, Kojima controversy, because Jeff that, I, Jeff Keeley oh, made a point of underscoring why he couldn't make it, and that was the news the coming jury. out of it. Um, if you go to the jury's advise, jury and advisors panel, Hideo is on the advisory board for the awards, and even so, Konami, you know, I guess apparently forbid him to accept the award. Yeah, for, for a bit, forbade him from attending and stuff. And I liked how Jeff called it out right there and was like, "This is that we were informed by the lawyers of Konami that he could not show." And that was a huge news story coming out of the awards. Uh, and I thought that like it was a big fu to Konami, well deserved and stuff. I I don't necessarily like Hideo Kojima, but like he is being screwed by this company, you know. Well, so he's he's, he's an auteur and. Um... I don't know. Again, again, games development's a weird thing. I guess it's movies too. Like, there's a, a big, t- there's some controversy about the team behind making that game in terms of their working conditions and things like that. You know. Well, I and I'll talk about this more later, but I've been playing a Metal Gear, uh, the Ground Zeroes, which is like the prequel to Phantom Pain, and it's almost hilarious when you start that game because Hideo Kojima's name comes up about six times before anybody else's game a name comes up. It's like a Hideo Kojima production based on a script by Hideo Kojima, <laughs> directed by. Hideo Kojima and then it's like you know supporting writers include some guy some guy and Hideo Kojima you know like so it was just it I I remember laughing out loud and being like because there's such a controversy over his name being taken off the box I'm like I'm pretty sure anybody who plays the game for over two seconds will be (laughs) will be well advised of who who developed it or whatever so he clearly has no small ego but that said I mean it's still douchey to block him from attending an award show I guess so yeah I mean Considering all the other developers are there, and if it's his name on the box, then he should be there. So, well, or not on the box, the box. If it's his, if it's his name everywhere but the box, he should be <laughs> up there. And so, oh, did you I'm, hang I'm, on? I'm, wait, 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 wait. Before, because they did also, um, I guess, honor him by having the actress who plays Quiet. I think that was her performing no, musical. Think so number. it was just a musical performance of Quiet's theme in the game. Uh, wasn't it? Well, she looked a lot like. Quiet. I think I think she might have been the mo-capped actress. That's the impression I got. But okay, that was painful. She her she was off key like the whole time. Like it go it, it was embarrassing. I'll trust you to that because I know nothing about music. Sounded fine to me, although <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't like the song. But yeah, no, she was she was off key. Like it what unless that was intended as part of Quiet's theme, it was pretty awful. I thought it was. It was. It melted me into my chair. I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. I like the churches group that played that song. It was good. I muted it when there was music numbers. I didn't watch any of that stuff. Oh, I liked the churches song. I thought it was good. I also liked the Dead Mouse stuff. It had all that sort of uh, uh, music from Mario and stuff, and it was cool. Uh, yeah, announcement. So. Uh, it, a game that I recommended a few episodes back is by pick was uh, Shadow Complex, 
which is an Epic Games uh, Epic chair, and it was only uh, it was only on Xbox 360. I still own it on Xbox 360, but my Xbox isn't plugged in, and I felt it was going to just be orphaned there because I don't have an Xbox One. And they announced, hey. We're remastering it, and it's going to come to all these systems, and you can get it on PC for free now. And I thought that was pretty cool. I don't understand how they make money giving it for free, but uh, well, it's I don't... for free for a limited time, right? But like, it's not like it's got any legs. Like, you download it, you play it, you're done, and then it's like, why would you oh, pay no, it for I da- it later? I downloaded it. It's in a launcher, like your BattleNet launcher. There's now an Epic Games launcher. So okay. I imagine it works like I have Overwatch installed in my system, but I, I was only in the limited beta. So once the time period's over, I can't play it anymore. It oh, really? Eh? So you think it just even it's, you can't DR- just download it and have it? It's going to be it's, like it's an online DRM version, basically. So you're getting it for free um, for a little while, and then. Well, I would strongly recommend that anybody who doesn't want to pay money for it downloads it over the December season because it's an awesome game. Uh, I I quite enjoyed it anyway. Uh, what other stuff? So there were a couple of Telltale game reveals. As I find, are like they those guys put out so many of these games a year now. Like so many, they generally have about three or four series running. Like last year it was what Game of Thrones, Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, uh, there was and was Walking Dead was kind maybe, of wrapping. Maybe up. they yeah maybe they just have two a year. Maybe it was just Game of Thrones and Tales from the Borderlands. There was a, no, there's year. another one. Minecraft Story Mode. I guess that's oh, just yeah. ramping up, but uh, yeah. That's Minecraft funny. Story Mode. That's right. And then la- the year before, that's the year that I was into The Wolf Among Us and a Walking Dead season two. And they might have had other stuff. So anyway, they announced Walking Dead Mission, which I guess is Michonne. the... Mission. Mission. Just... Mission, yeah, that's what I said. No, it's just Mission. Yeah, that's what I said, Mission. Mission is not Mission. It's Mission. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, which, which, again, in the same sort of art style as the comics and all that, it was, uh, you know, based on the comic version of that character. Yeah. I mean... It's good in a way that they're getting away from uh, Clementine and stuff and doing something a little different. But at the same time, I feel like you know she's not ever going to be threatened. Or Yeah, I still got to get back to that because I played the first episode and never finished. And part of it was because being Clementine, I don't know. The second one was second one was really good. It's obviously super depressing. And... uh, that that's the one thing I would say about about it, but I, I thought uh, I thought it was pretty fun, and and playing Michonne will be the same, I think, except for the fact that uh, <laughs> for me, I'm a little OD'd on on The Walking Dead. Maybe I'll pick it up sometime when it's cheap, but I'm much more excited about the Batman one, which was done with like such a great cool noir art style, uh, you know, like even sort of older school than Frank Miller. It kind of looked like original Batman from like the 40s or 50s. They didn't show any sort of um, action or in-game. It was really just like a teaser trailer. But it got me excited anyway. That's totally one that I will check out because it'll probably be more narrative-based than action-based, I would imagine, being a Telltale game. One of the cool parts about the Arkham series of Batman is the detective mode. I really like to go into detective mode, but there isn't much depth to the gameplay there. So... I like because he's the, what? What's the, he's like the the true detective or the dark detective? Like 
the Dark Knight, the, uh, no, no, the world's greatest detective? Yeah, I think so. He's got like a tagline with detective. It's in the it. world's greatest yeah. detective. So like, I, I, I'd appreciate if the Batman take was more on the detective side of things. I think that would make a really great um, gaming experience. Actually, that's pretty exciting. I think, yeah, I think. It, yeah anyway i'm excited for i think it looks cool um and uh, we'll see what they got to offer uh i agree the detective side of things and also if it was like a period piece you know because batman keeps getting updated for different times and if you play arkham knight is super futuristic like everything is super um technologically advanced you see all these sort of uh, glamour shots of his armor and everything's automatic and there's screens everywhere and all that. But Batman's existed since the 30s and like you could have like some a really cool old school Batman set in the 50s or 60s. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, I think that would be awesome too. <laughs> I want, I want, I want an old school period period piece with Batman for sure. So also, so they announced Psychonauts too. Did you ever play the first Psychonaut? Uh, I did actually. I played first three four stages a long time ago and just never got back to it it's like psychonauts is one of those games that lives in sort of the emotional mind uh, of of a lot of people it's one of those ones like when shamu was announced earlier this year in final fantasy 7 remake it it activates that same sort of nostalgia lobe that people have and they're also doing a day um Double Fine's doing a Day of the Tentacle remaster, uh, which was an adventure game I played as a kid. Uh, and and it, I'm I'm glad that these games will live on and and that they get sequels. But at the same time, like they announced, it's going to be another Kickstarter type uh, deal. And and uh, I just wish that these games could be funded by, uh, like I guess, traditional just, means. Yeah, like just make a great game and you know take that risk if you're going to lose money or not, basically. I actually yeah. own it on my Steam library. I should reinstall it sometime. Um, yeah, I think at the, at the same time I'm a little bit like the time has passed for Psychonauts. Like, what are they gonna? What are they gonna do that's so great with Psychonauts too? That they're uh, like. Well, Psychonauts exists in the same sort of realm as a Pixar movie or whatever. It's more like it's got cartoony personality and, and, and flair in the style of those old LucasArts adventure games. So, I mean, they appeal to, uh, I think, a certain demographic as well. And, like, for me, like, we talked recently about games for your kids, and I'm not saying that Psychonauts is necessarily a kid's game because it, it's more complex. But it is nice having those games that you could play with, say, your 10, 11-year-old um, and not just uh, – no, if you if you have games like Skylanders that are like really sort of kids' games and then you jump all the way to like teen games or mature games, there's sort of a gap there. And I feel like games like Psychonauts 2 could fill that gap a lot better. Yeah, I, that's – you're probably onto the right demographic for Psychonauts. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little like – unexcited by it but that could just be being a curmudgeon so well if you if you played the first three levels of the first one and you didn't like it you're not the target audience for the second obviously so i'm, no, I'm and to be honest i've only played a very it, normally this would be right in my wheelhouse but i i missed the first psychonaut so i am a little like uh behind on that and as much as i want to get behind a lot of the double fine stuff like i haven't played broken age yet i haven't played um I haven't played the Grim Fandango remaster uh, or or any of those. So, like, I'm not uh, – as much as I like that they exist, I'm not playing them or buying them. So, um, I, so I, many know. games, so little time. So, yeah. I was more of a Sierra boy anyway. If it was, like, Sierra games, maybe I'd be 
uh, more keen. But uh, it's a new King's Quest. I and see, yeah, you know what? I don't have that yet. I should. I should get that. It doesn't that. look that interesting, unfortunately. It's just not the same. It's just well, maybe not. But who um, knows? Maybe you try it out and you like it. But it's just it's very like updated, and it's just you know some stuff is better left in the past. Time is done. Uh, yeah. So what? Tell me about what is PlayStation Experience. Just before you do, uh, oh, okay, just yeah. before we close the door on Game Awards, I just wanted to mention a couple of other things real quick because sure. they did this big tease for Rocket League, and I always got really excited about it. It, it. You know, a new announcement from the makers of Rocket League coming up about Rocket League, and I was like, oh come on, please be something super awesome. And in this winter, they're supposed to be like the hockey mode, which I'm excited about. Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought you know, I thought I don't know maybe. It seems soon, but maybe they were going to hit when the iron was hot and announce Rocket League 2 or something, or they were just going to dump, like there's going to be a bunch of new types of arenas or whatever. But all it was was an announcement that Rocket League is coming to Xbox One. And, uh, oh, I, yeah, I kind of, saw that. That was like such BS. Yeah, because they did this giant cameras moving around, and I'm like, oh, Rocket League, oh, I'm so excited. And then and then it's like Rocket League coming to Xbox One. That I game, like, thanks that a game lot. is still like in the top sellers list on Steam without ever having to add barely anything to that game. It's it's uh, it's pretty tight. Uh, so, yeah, there was other st- the um, the VR stuff is starting to get announced right because all the VR things are going to launch next year and they need to have they need to have games to go with it. So they ha- they showed Rock Band VR. They had this big trailer where like um, Dragon Force. Uh, was was sort of training the guys to be rockers. It was it was kind of cute, uh, but the um, they showed the gameplay footage of the game, and you know, bear in mind, it's very difficult to convey VR stuff mm-hmm. to people watching at home on a screen. You could see sort of like the controller on the screen, and, and the buttons would light up depending on what you were hitting, and your guy could look around. And uh, it makes sense, right? Because you're like on a stage in rock in in um, in rock band, and you could look around and see the people next to you. Like, it's not complicated to make a VR experience out of that. But I remember looking at it and being like, "Man, eh, that looks kind of lame." Yeah, you know. Well, and here's the here's the, why it looks lame. I've got more. First of all, if you're going for it, a sim, a rock star sim, the playing live experience is like. Not the most interesting part. I mean, it's the hookers and blow backstage, man. <laughs> Not hookers, the groupies and blow. Um, where's that part of the simulator? Also, um, I have a Oculus Rift DK2, and um, I've tried. Um, they have um, not only is there 3D gaming, but 3D video is a, is a thing, right? And um, I've had one where I've been on a stage, a concert stage. On, I think it was a U2 or a Rolling Stones thing, something. It was very brief where they had that 300, that positional camera where you could look around and be on stage. And I think people are going to want those experiences on a VR setting more than just playing a video game and pretending to play a guitar. Like, I think if you were given the choice, you'd want to spend your time viewing a concert right from the stage of your favorite band and be there for that, ex- that immersive experience. So I'm and maybe a, that, you yeah. know, maybe that'll come or I don't know, maybe also what makes rock band good is playing with friends. And yeah. like, 
Five people in a room with VR, five VR headsets, just not going to happen unless they're super cheap. And, That's a good point, Bo. Yeah. That's a really good point. The like, most fun I had was with you and, and Mike and, and all of our friends. Yeah, well, yeah, if you guys were all over, would I want to put on headsets and play with you? Like Guitar Hero is more of a solo experience, though they've had band kits. Like if it was Guitar Hero VR, but Rock Band is really based on the idea you're playing in a band with your buddies. Yeah, You're right, man. This is going to flop. <laughs> yeah, completely. It's pretty stinky. Oh, and yeah, and Palmer Lucky coming. Like, he just. I kind of like that guy, but he's yeah, like. He's, he's so like a dirty. perennial goofball. Like, he's just. Yeah. He's such a dork. Like, there are dorks. Like, Bill Gates is a dork, but Palmer Lucky is a fucking dork. Oops, I guess. This <laughs> is me. He's a big, big dork. Like, it's. But he owned it, and that's what's yeah, yeah. hilarious. I, I'm not. I'm not hating on him. It's just like I. You know, you get that. What is it? Is it what shad? Before? No. What? There's a term for it when you feel. Where you're like, embarrassed for somebody else. Yeah, you just kind of like, ooh, be cooler, man. <laughs> <laughs> go go out with Cliffy B. Maybe he can teach you something, or yeah, Cliffy, you know, like... Cliffy B is the exact opposite. He looks. You feel like, man, that guy's cool, even though he's yeah. kind of dorky. He's. I want to hang out with Cliffy B. I want to uh, be Cliffy B. I don't want to be Palmer Lucky. So right. the the PlayStation experience, to answer your question earlier that I rudely cut off, mm-hmm. was um, it was it's a, it's an event a la uh, Nintendo Directs and stuff, where they um, where PlayStation just you know focuses on announcing some of the upcoming things. I really expect that they were going to have jack shit to announce. Not only have they announced a lot this year, like there's been a lot, not just the e, uh, not just E three, but they had like a. Uh, um, right after GamesCon, they had something as well. They keep announcing stuff, and um, but but they had a ton of stuff, and they announced all their their PlayStation VR, a lot of the the launch stuff, including Res in VR. And Res is like this game that is a super niche cult game, but I just happened to have played it. Uh, it it was for Dreamcast originally, and they okay. did a PS2 version, I think. But people who are really into beats and music. I.e. not me, love that game so much. Like they say the tactile feeling, like it came at one point in Japan with a vibrator women could get like in, in play res and it would vibrate and stuff like that. What? Like, cause, yeah. With like a genital vibrator? Well, you can use it wherever not you like want. A, not, a, not a feedback controller. Like you're talking about like sex yeah. toy. Yes. I <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, the, the Japanese thing makes sense. Like maybe racial stereotype, but face it, you sell girls' underwear in, in, in dispensers in your country. Yeah, um, that you should you should Google. You, a you need to own that generalization. Um, but wow. So anyway, okay. they're doing the VR I want to play version. Res now. I'm just gonna go buy this. Yeah, they're they're going to do a VR version. Probably if you get the vibrator as well, it'll give you a total experience, total package. Um, Ubisoft has an eagle flight game, which kind of looks like it's more of a tech demo than a game. Really, it's like you're flying over Paris, and and except that Paris has has had no humans. It's like post-apocalyptic, two hundred years, like grass has grown over the Eiffel Tower type stuff of Paris, and you could play it cooperatively with friends, and like you can all I don't know, there's like eagle shit that you do. I don't know, poop on a statue. I'm not sure. Um, there 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 okay. are there is gameplay mechanics, but that's the total sort of experience tailor made for VR that kind of gets me excited. Gollum is another one. Looks like a game you play as a slow moving golem. I don't know. 
didn't get me excited, but who knows? Maybe it's it looks like it's it's made as a unique VR experience. So a lot of these will come to Oculus Rift as well. Like I think Eagle Flight is going to for sure. Uh, so it's just, but PlayStation wants to announce them for their proprietary VR stuff. Well, yeah, so they they're, it's like they're they, they're competing on another in another industry essentially with the PlayStation because Valve has one and Oculus has one, and someone's going to be the victor in all of this. You know, is yeah, it's possible. Uh, it's just it, on in the console space. There's really like unless you've got a Steam box, which let's face it, nobody does. You you've got you're either uh, PlayStation, Nintendo, or Xbox. And the only one that is like, while Xbox and Oculus, there's talk and stuff, like PlayStation is going full tilt with this pretty soon. So I feel like they have a, a better chance than I had originally thought. I'm still going to get an Oculus because I have a super pimping PC now. But if they have enough exclusives, maybe I get the PlayStation experience well, as well because I'm mad loaded with cash. Yeah, it would depend on the exclusives because like the some of the great experiences are not like the packaged retail stuff, but the tech demo stuff that you can get. And you can only get that stuff on PC. You can't get it on, on, on a controlled environment. So, well, like when all these things hit retail, there's got to be games. And that's what they're but, starting well, there, to There announce. will be games, but there's always like because it's such an experimental phase, there'll still be lots of unofficial stuff. And you're only going to get that on PC. Like that's You good. mean porn, don't you? You're talking about oh, porn, right? Porn, um, snuff videos. Yeah, okay, uh, like, that took a dark turn, but yeah. Well, you know, like, um, do you want to find out what it's like to fall off a cliff? Like, I, w- I want to see these, get these 3D experiences. Just go budget job, big. <laughs> remember the movie Strange Days, you know? Like, you can, what is it like to hold up a liquor store? Like, you can get that VR experience, maybe. Like, you want to get the PC headset of, of these two choices, because you're going to not only be able to enjoy the retail stuff, but you'll be able to enjoy some of the experimentation that the VR community is going to do. And, you sound uh, like the purple man in Jessica Jones. <laughs> You're like, you will get the headset <laughs> and you will like it. I, don't, I haven't seen Jessica Jones, so I don't get it, but it's super awesome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, moving past the VR stuff, they already showed final fantasy seven remake gameplay footage. And this blows my mind because when they announced it, at E3, they, they mentioned multiple times that they had pretty much not started and that they were just like gauging. So that has got to have been bullshit because there's no way they got from not started to having not just like cinematics but like full gameplay in the space of like what, six or seven months? Yeah, but uh, they, did, did, oh, hang on. I have it looks I was like I could ask you if you'd seen it. I, I did watch it just an hour before the show. And my initial impression was that it looked like the Final Fantasy thirteen engine with just like skins that resemble Final Fantasy thirteen business, you know, like or sorry, Final Fantasy seven, but it looked like the thirteen engine. Having played thirteen, and I've started playing thirteen too, um, and I'm looking forward to playing Lightning Returns. It looks like that engine and that stuff. So like they're probably working on something new for fifteen, and we're getting the Final Fantasy thirteen engine. Like maybe it's maybe it's the 15 like, engine and we just haven't seen enough of 15. Sure. I, the reason why I say it is just like specifically the hair. Like a lot of it just looks like that game to me. So I don't know. It's 15 what do you is think? too much of a question mark. 
uh well there's a lot of fan a lot of nods first of all the song they played was amazing it's that yeah like that made me like my like there's something about the art direction and the music in that game in particular that has been very resonant and iconic of a time in gaming and um so i think it's gonna be worth playing just for all them feels you know all them final fantasy 7 feels uh even if it's like you know kind of janky and not their top tier product like it still would be a good quality product it looks like but um i what i hope with about it is that Final Fantasy VII was vast and expansive in terms of the amount of territory. Like, it's a giant world map. Giant Midgard section took a long time. There's so much there. And their entries of late have been very linear and small comparatively, like, in terms of world size. So I worry that the remake version shrinks. And because and that's not really a remake in, in my view in a in a positive way but well let's yeah let's let's hope it does it because if anything watching cloud sort of duck under debris and walk through there it seemed like they had expanded maybe midgar uh i'm i'm hoping and because you're going to be able to go all around and, and stuff it looked like an action combat style that uh that maybe maybe it will be even even larger like i i, I want to be optimistic the one thing i will say is is that when you're doing a remake of a game that already exists you pretty much have two ways you can do it you can do it exactly the same with nicer graphics or you can reinvent it or reimagine it and that's obviously the angle that they have taken here and the more i think about it the more i think that's the right call and i think that because um you're really trying to get new gamers at this point. I don't think anything's going to recapture the same sort of feeling we had when we first played Final Fantasy VII. So you want you want new gamers, and like the stuff that we were tolerant of back then, we're just not tolerant of anymore. I think of like you know um, when Final Fantasy X came out, and it was the first Final Fantasy with voice acting. People were like, "Oh shit, voice acting!" You know. Um, but if you read the little dialogue boxes and look at the English translation of Final Fantasy VII, it's horrendous. Like if you actually like read it and performed it like a play or something, it was like – and our tolerance for that stuff was way, way uh, lower than, uh, or higher. We, yeah. we didn't care. It was a good story, whatever. We got into it. We didn't mind that it was kind of – everybody is acting super goofy and Barrett's going boom, boom, boom with his his gun and, and – uh, Everyone's acting like cartoon characters. That didn't bother us so much. But nowadays, people are looking for more immersiveness, more realism. So I thought that the the video excited me in that they had the characters talk a lot more, flesh out a lot of stuff, um, facial reactions and all that. They did have a scene where 20 people are shooting at Cloud and somehow missing (laughs) that's amazing i love those like that's to me like dragon ball z style like a super japanese superhero type fantasy i love that stuff so i was i was cool i was cool with a lot uh a lot of that but that said you know i realize uh, i mentioned earlier i didn't play all those lucas arts games remake I, I i will play final fantasy 7 or at least i'll give it a try but i just feel like there's you said it there's so many new game experiences. It's tough. Like I see this remake and I'm like, yeah, it's going to be good. 
but I've I've played that game before. I played it multiple times before. You know, like with shittier graphics. And yeah, it, but it uh, was at the moment in time that you played it. It was an important part of your life as a gamer. It meant something. It to still you is. Like I, the music yeah. is a huge thing. Like, like I listened I, to Final Fantasy Seven music. I bought the, the not the remake, just the re-release on Steam, and I've played a bit of it. But it's. You know, at the end of the day, you spend like five, six hours playing. And you're like, could I be doing something else? Like, this is fun, but I just don't want to go through the whole 80-hour campaign. So I don't think yeah. a fresh coat of paint necessarily make like, I don't think those games, personally, I don't find them the most compelling RPGs to play. And I play Final Fantasy thirteen. It's like Square Enix, those, that Final Fantasy um, gameplay is very basic to me now. And I, I enjoyed it for a long time, but I can't go back and play it and get the same satisfaction. Like I need a more Skyrim or more Dragon Age style game, RPG wise, to sort of feel satisfied gameplay wise. And it, even now, it's hard to play Final Fantasy thirteen two because of how simple it is. So Final Fantasy seven is also going to be simple in terms of the literal game mechanics you're using. Uh, hopefully a younger generation will be into it and that'll be happy for them. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said there. I, I'll probably give it a go and like, I'll get on board the hype train when it comes out and all that sort of also, shit. They better do Knights of the round. Like if they skimp out on the materia system and then they don't have Knights of the round. So you can do it like eight or 16 times or whatever the amount of t- like that all needs to be in this remake. Like those yeah. awesome, awesome. That's something summons. like I, I could see the summons being there, but that that craziness where you're fighting the weapons and you have like a ridiculous amount of kind of um, combos that you could do and all that. I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how that'll work. That, uh, that would make me play it if there was awesome summon animations like they have for Final Fantasy 13. I'd be super into. There will be uh, for sure. I, I'd be super into seeing all that stuff. Um. Moving on from Final Fantasy VII, and this is a, I like I was watching the trailers at PlayStation Experience, and I, you know, there was a lot of VR stuff, and I'm excited about VR. Final Fantasy VII, I'm excited about Final Fantasy VII, but then there's a couple of new properties, and uh, I didn't really expect this late in the year there to be big announcements. But one is uh, this game; it's I think it's pronounced Neo Nio or Neo N I O H. It's a samurai game from Team Ninja the makers of Ninja Gaiden. I love Ninja Gaiden, the remake on Xbox and Ninja Gaiden 2 on Xbox 360. Um, those games, the the play is just like total thumb candy for me. I really, I really enjoyed them. And I looked at this trailer and honestly, I could not give a shit about the title or whatever, but I watched the video and it was clearly Ninja Gaiden inspired, if not a direct spiritual successor. And uh, I got excited. I was like, man, I want to play that game. Uh, And so uh, that's definitely now on my must-watch list. Um, So I am am definitely uh, excited for this. And the other other announcement was uh, we talked recently about Epic and what they were working on and what sort of games. Well, it turns out it's a giant MOBA called Paragon done in the Epic super detailed graphic style. Uh, Looks looks pretty neat if you like MOBAs and it's like – more like graphically intensive third person like you're right in there in the action because it's coming out on ps4 obviously oh, so, so they it is a third person game yeah I anyway see this look... new updated stuff i've seen the new designs but i haven't seen the um i guess there's a trailer now 
Yeah. It was it was like a, I can't tell if it was any of it was I think some of it was gameplay but a lot of it looked like crazy cinematic stuff. Um it was people doing their super moves and like this girl archer shooting eight guys in the head and then this guy picking up this giant rock. They all look like they look a bit like a super um improved graphics version of the style of graphics in a game like Warframe. Um, there's even a ninja guy who looks kind of like a Warframe uh, dude. I, you know, like there seems to be MOBAs are a thing now. I haven't really played any MOBAs, so for me, the, the interest level when Epic was getting announced a new game, I'm like, oh, it's a MOBA. I'm, you know, I'm sort of. So this is like can... basically like what Battleborn is. I'm just sort of watching it now and getting a, just a getting a quick sense from the trailer. If it is a, indeed a MOBA, like but first person style. Or third person style. Smite is a third person existing MOBA right now. Um, I mean, it's just crazy how they're these companies are all rehashing. The, you know, I just wouldn't not expect this from a company like Epic that tends to make standout original games. And what I'm seeing looks very like me same, too. Samey, yeah, yeah. Like you got a lot of talented people working on your products, and it looks amazing, but. Like, I don't want to like. I'm, I want. Some, I want like innovation. <laughs> you know. I, like, th- I I think the reality is that that um, it's the same with those free to play games and how everybody would make the next Candy Crush Saga. League of Legends is the one game made by Riot Games. Like all they do, they made this one game with one level. They put out these heroes and print money. That's all they do. They print money and well, then Dota. They, they have their own television. Like they have their esports scene is self managed. They don't. Well, that's great don't rely for them, on, but on they parties. don't have to do well, much in terms part of, of their game business. development. Yeah, the game development is very simple, but they also have other. Their business is all around that game too. Where like yeah. Blizzard, um, they have their own competition, but they rely on ESL and other third party organizers to help organize competitions. Where Riot is very like we do our all of our own stuff. Um, if you if you told me that I just had to make one game with one level and like say you know thirty heroes now it's a ridiculous amount um, and and they just do deathmatch in that level and then I get a billion dollars I mean I I would be like that's a sweet model like and I think I'm not saying the Paragon from Epic is going to break through what's becoming a saturated market but it's clearly the the risk to reward there is they've decided that it's worth doing right yeah, just sure. like blizzard because did with the, heroes the opposite is like let's make witcher 4 work spend a bunch of money doing it take a huge risk like you said and and it takes like five years and like maybe it's great and witcher was great but maybe it flops maybe yeah. Maybe it's a great game, but for whatever reason, the climate of the ind- the, the marketplace is such that no one's interested in your game because they're all playing League or whatever. Speaking of which, and this is a total switch out of PlayStation experience, but you just yeah. sang perfectly into this. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider came out same day this year as Fallout 4. Exact, yeah. uh, exclusively, time, timed exclusive on Xbox One. It's going to come out on PC at the beginning of the next year and then at, on PS4 at the end of next year. Supposedly, the sales have been abysmal, like pretty bad. In, uh, the UK's released some numbers there, but even it, like in North America, it, it's been bad. Um, now, the Xbox One doesn't, I, I don't even think, has half the sales of the PS4. And then you're releasing 
a, a cornerstone game on the same day that the most anticipated game of the year, possibly in Fallout, comes out. So I have a friend, as I mentioned in a previous show, who's worked hard on this game. It's gotten a lot of great reviews. And let's face it, it's going to make some money next year on PS4 and on PC. But you only have one chance to make a first impression. And despite the amazing reviews it's getting, it's just like... Microsoft sent it out to the slaughter against Fallout. Like uh, it's unfortunate, and and it's exactly the type of. Th- there's not enough room for everyone at the same time. You know, the next week was Star Wars Battlefront, so people bought Fallout, then they bought Star Wars the next year week. They had no time or no money left for Tomb Raider, right? And it's too bad because that's the type of game I like. I like those games, like. Yeah, and, and Tomb uh, Raider looked like a quality product. It pro- it's not getting the fate it deserves, but. Same Metacritic score as Fallout. Yeah, I think it's just a case of um, there's only so many game choices, and that the choice there is limited because you have to be an Xbox owner. And, you know, Xbox, I, like Phil Spencer was out there saying, like, yeah, we could have probably done a bit better with Xbox, uh, uh, you know, a little while ago. He was out there saying, we we learned less. There's, le- there's some lessons we had to learn, and we're, we're hearing our audience. And, um, I guess Tomb Raider's a casualty. They probably they probably want to back out of that deal this whole time and just couldn't, you know. <laughs> like, I don't think like they paid a they paid a chunk of money to make it a timed exclusive. So I'm sure Idos and Square uh, be, are not it hurting. Worth, it can't be that worth it though, right? You know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like that, I don't the, think sales of the 2013 game were enough to justify a sequel without that exclusivity agreement. And that's what I had heard but at the, one point. But they they had also released a definitive edition at some point too. Like that that it was it, the Tomb Raider stuff's been kind of sloppy because that the first one was a timed exclusive and then it came out as it that re-released to some hype as a definitive edition with better hair effects and stuff. Um but yeah. Essentially that definitive edition was like they just released the PC version on high settings on the PS4 cuz the PS3 and Xbox couldn't take it, you know. Right. So it's funny. So I wonder if we'll see something similar this time around. Um, yeah, have you heard about? So you own Metal Gear Solid Five. Have you heard about this nuclear disarmament event? No. So apparently, there's a secret event in the Phantom Pain, and um, it has to do with like nuclear disarmament. I guess you can get nukes, and then you disarm it. And then what Konami's trying to do is trying to get all the players who play Metal Gear Solid. To, to disarm the, the warhead, the nukes, in an effort to say, hey, look, world, the players can get together and disarm nukes. Maybe the world can all disarm their nukes, too, I think. They're keeping track so of it anyway. They're keeping track of it and, and publishing the numbers. So if you own that game and you're into it. So one of the interesting things was that, um, you know, what is this? Okay. Uh, the most recent count of nuclear weapons per platform was posted at some point when this article was released. So like Xbox 360, there's only 31 nukes. Xbox One, there's only 44 nukes. And PlayStation 3 has 135. PlayStation 4 has 165. In Steam, there are 10,450 active nukes. So uh, PC players are real dickholes. <laughs> Not desiring the nukes. Uh, uh, yeah. So it, what you're saying that those aren't the total nukes; those are the ones that are left to be disarmed. Yeah, that's right. So the try the goal I think is zero. So um, 
and so as of November one, PC players had amassed thirty six thousand warheads, and so they've reduced two thirds of the nukes in distribution. So the idea is that they all get disarmed by the player base. But um, well, I'm about to jump in there, Bo. Maybe I'll disarm the ten thousand remaining myself. Yeah, or maybe I'll add some and be an evil dictator because you like Sweet. nukes. But um, anyways, it's a thing, so you should keep an eye out for that when you play Metal Gear Solid. Um, I saw another little curio on the internet as well. Verizon's building a cell phone network in Minecraft that can yeah, can contact the so it can contact the outside communications network. The idea being, you've got your phone and you call your mom on the regular phone network to tell you love her while you're playing Minecraft, or she texts you that dinner is ready and you can go upstairs and eat dinner in Minecraft. Um, I. I have to be honest. I, I don't get Minecraft anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on in Minecraft that people can make cell phones in it? It's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, I I feel bad. Minecraft still remains a part of my gaming knowledge. That uh, maybe when Gwen is old enough, she'll be into that. But uh, and I'll be supportive. But I, I just have not been. Well, I've lost that creative mojo necessary that, for that, that stuff. When she's playing that game, it might look like she's just slaughtering the Endermen or whatever. She might actually be programming the newest engine. That will, you know, revolutionize the world. Like, who knows what people get up to in this freaking thing. You can well, she a, probably will. She's very smart. You can program a cell phone in Minecraft, a Lego game. It's crazy. So I She thought, figured out how to blow her nose today. If she can do that, she'll, she's well on her way to building an in-game Minecraft cell phone network. Okay. Well, anyway, so that happened in Minecraft. Uh, I, um... I don't know what that is. Uh, other another news: you can play XCOM in a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Uh, just Google um, was it EXLCOM COM, and basically you'll get a spreadsheet wherein you can play the original XCOM. And the reason why I included this, Crofton, is because you're a big fan of the original XCOM even before Enemy Unknown was a thing. You'd be like, man, I like XCOM. XCOM's great. So I. Uh, Put a little mention of this in here, just for you. So I you wonder can, if I you wonder have if Excel on work. your work computer, so you can actually get away with playing. I XCOM wonder what uh, if that would work on my work computer. Said everybody ever, um, but uh, that uh, the thing is, yeah, like my work blocks any. They block three things: like game, uh, pornography, uh, anything to do with like social media. Except for me, because I'm in comms, and they block uh, anything to do with video games. So, well, you uh, to, can you can't I, you bring this in on a flash drive? It's an Excel spreadsheet. It's like 10k or something like that. Of space. No way. There's no. It's got to be bigger than that to have XCOM in it. It's got to be like five megs or something. Well, may okay. So, flash drives come in like denominations of gigs, tens of gigs. So you could probably get this into your. I wonder if I can save my game. Sure. Why not? Anyways, it's there for you if you need your XCOM itch at work. Um, Planetside 2 getting a base building system. Um, Croft and I are big Planetside fans. And I've actually logged in a couple times this week and couldn't play for more than five minutes. It's, Why? Like, there's so much going on in that game right now. Like, so many, like, numbers and and, and things. Uh-oh. That's, yeah. Um, <laughs> Planetside music. Um there's so much going on in there that I'm just I feel overwhelmed because I'm out of the loop on it now. You can buy Spitfire turrets for your engineer in the um, 
Oh, store. sweet! Like Planetside One. Yeah, like there, there's new stuff there, but I just haven't been able to just get sit, like sit and play. You have to dedicate. To it's an MMO. You have to dedicate yourself yeah. to those games, right? You can't just just take a step in and then expect to know everything. Yeah, it just it just felt felt like there's a lot going on, and Hassan doesn't make any sense to me. The new continent, but um, apparently now they're going to be releasing these base building kits. Where you'll be able to like put up walls, bunker turrets, and a base core, and it can generate victory points for your army. This is a new, another new thing. There's victory points in the game now. I don't understand how they work. Um, uh, that all sounds good. But the structures can be built anywhere, and they take time and resources to erect. <laughs> That's what he said. Um, <laughs> so, and apparently, there's turrets, and there's you know. <laughs> Fairly, there's turrets and things of that nature, and it's just like you can put a base into the map. So I think, um, I think this is a good direction for Planet Side Two. Can I, you put a base in the map, or can you just make edits to a, a, an existing base, no, like put up a wall, you, you put or put up, up, your, up a... you put up your own base? Okay, you literally create your own structure. So does it terraform? That's complicated, man. For a video game to do that, like I worked on a video game with terraforming, and that was crazy. So it says it's prefabbing. Um, I didn't watch the. Uh, there's a live stream where they featured. It's like an hour long. I haven't had a chance to watch it, but um, in the article, it's just like their goal is a full base building system. So I don't know if you'll be able to, like, when the geometry is weird. You're talking about like, you know, if it's in a mountainside, how does how does a base yeah. fit in a mountainside? I, and right. I'm not sure. I feel like there's going to be designated zones where bases can go, maybe. Yeah, that must be. I tell you, I hope that they maintain a sizable, like, player base. When I leave a game like that that I really enjoy, but, like, I just don't want to play it right now, I always worry because it lives and dies on its player base, and I I always worry that it's going to, you know, vanish. Yeah. Um, I feel like... I feel like this game might have just missed its time and we need to be thinking about another iteration of Planet Side. I don't think that's ever going to happen. No. I Although think I didn't so think Planet Side 2 was going to happen either. I just I felt like this game was half baked from the get-go and it still it still has that feeling to me. It, it feels like a lot of the basics are still not in this game in a good degree and but I like the idea. I like that still Planet Side 2 is a thing and I, I thought it was worth mentioning that base building in any MMO game is pretty cool. Um a lot of the Minecraft style games like Rust and Ark and stuff feature building of structures. So I hate that shit, but I'm glad some people like it. Yeah, but I'm, I'm sort of in, in the in the Planet Side Two version. It's basis for blowing up and for combat, not for like making these meticulous things out of either, which is which is cool. Um, all right, uh, last or not? No, we're not we're not the end of the news yet. Man, it's been a long news section, hasn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. So Mark Cuban, you know the Mark Cuban guy? He's a rich guy. He's on Shark Tank. Uh, he owns the Utah. No, who does he own? He owns some basketball team that's really big. Um, he defends esports, notably because and I think it was on, I believe it was on ESPN. It was on some stream, anyways. Because, anyways, there are people who have been kind of pooping on esports, like traditional sports uh, people. So you know, Mark Cuban is lending his weight, I suppose. And um, what happened was he got he dropped an F-bomb on a broadcast for eSports and got fined $15,000. And then there was this PR event where he came out and dropped another F-bomb and got fined another $15,000. But it was all in the name of saying, fuck it, eSports are amazing. So that's 
anyways, that happened. Mark Cuban's pro esports. I, I I actually saw it was on Reddit and I saw it. It was more the second fifteen was like he was he was told at the end when his team won or whatever, he was up and he 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 was told by the host she had to inform him that he's been, um, he's been charged fifteen thousand dollar fine or whatever for dropping an f bomb and and uh, that it would go to charity and all that. And then and then he's like, so if I drop another f bomb right now, will it go to charity? And she's like, yes. And he's like, well, fuck it then, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, everybody cheered big time, or whatever. So that um, was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Mark Cuban's got a lot of swagger. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, it's just nice to see somebody who is I wouldn't think be associated with esports come out and say something positive and be on the on the side of esports, um, legitimizing it. Uh, did you know you could win a million dollars, Crofted, right now? Yes. Do you know what you I have to do? I saw it on the Game Awards. Yeah. Oh, well, on the Game well, I didn't see it on the Game Awards. So this is news to me. You can log into the Elder Scrolls Online for a chance to win a million dollars. So, you know, just go play it and maybe you'll win. Um, they, yeah, they're drawing a name of all the players who log in between like now and January 10th or something. This is like such a transparent attempt to be like, hey, go play our game and there's one slight chance you'll win a million dollars. But um, on the other hand, you'll get addicted to our game and then be giving blowjobs in an alley to pay for your monthly subscription. I'm not sure if it has a monthly subscription. I assume so. Um the, I will say that the odds of that are pro- of winning that lottery are probably a lot better than winning a lot of l- other lotteries. Like when you think about it, you, there's probably how many people tops play that are going to lock in? Maybe like three million tops. Yeah. Well, it is worldwide, so you've got like Finland, France, Germany, Mexico, Russia. I think three million lock in. So but, let's say three. You have one in three million chance. I know that sounds ridiculously like a bad chance, but it's way better than winning the normal lottery. I thought Elder Scrolls was free to play. Is it? I might it be. isn't. It's. I'm just. I went on Steam now. It still wants to charge me uh, sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah. I thought it was a free to play. But you could win a million dollars, Bo. Yeah. Well, now I'm not. Because I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, I should just log in for ten minutes and just do the first few missions and then. Maybe who knows? Maybe that could happen. It'd be better than just sitting here and not doing it. But if I'm, I'm not gonna spend seventy dollars to do it. That's. I have a buddy who's play. really into contests. He could take you under his wing if you want to get into the contest bracket. But trust me, it's a slippery slope, Bo. One that leads to darkness. <laughs> no, no, screw contests. Anyways, uh, and screw Elder Scrolls, man. I like. I don't. This is dumb. Like, like. It's great to give away money, I guess, but it's like it doesn't. It makes your game sound awful. Oh, um, sorry, but wait, I'm get, I'm just getting a call here. Just one sec. Hello. Yes, Todd Howard. Yes, I'll accept the charges. Uh huh. He's what? Dumb fucktard? No, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't say that on the air. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll relay the message. See you, Todd. Okay, bye. Um. Yeah, that was uh, Todd Howard from Bethesda Games. He just called to say hi. He said hi, Bo. He, that's all you had to say to me? That's all he said. I thought I heard something about an F-tard. He said nothing else. Yeah, well, you know, Todd Howard, It's not. I bet you it's not his fault. I bet you he doesn't like it. That's what I think. I think he's somebody's bribing him, manipulating him. He's being exploited. Oh, sorry, Bo. I, I, just, I just got another call. <laughs> Hello? Oh yeah, hi Todd. Yeah, we just yeah, yeah. 
yeah, I'll accept the charges. Uh, yes, no. Oh, you're fully aware. You're fully aware of it. It oh, was your idea. That's that's interesting. I don't. Un- okay, you're gonna send me a bill. Okay, all right. Thanks. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll tell him. Bye. So Todd says hi again. He also says that he's going to send me uh, some sort of bill for defamation. I don't know what that is. Well, you, I also, you kept saying you'll accept the charges, but like I'm sure he's got a good long distance plan where you don't he doesn't have to. I call don't know collect. why does he always call collect? <laughs> it's really annoying. <laughs> you just got charged for two copies of Elder Scrolls Online because the only way Todd Howard and Co can make money is by selling it on the phone to unwitting people who answer the. Call. Well, you know what? Even if I did own it, I would permanently remove it from my Steam library. Oh, because... Master Seg. Because you can now do that. You can permanently remove games from your Steam library. And I guess that the idea behind that is that, you know, sometimes you buy these bundles. Uh, sometimes there's games that are free to play and they're just added in your library. I guess, like, it, it was like that whole controversy over that U2 album they gave away for free and it went into people's libraries. And they're like, oh, my God, I got to delete it because U2 is too awesome for my musical taste. But now it's it's the same it's the same deal. It's like Steam is saying you can now permanently remove these games, and it's like you never own them. Yeah, I, I this I find this a little bit dumb, worrisome. stupid. Well, because I did pay for it. No, like, but you're choosing to do it. Yeah, no, no, I know, but I'm just sometimes like I'm like you oh, could... I'd want to remove that, but then I'm like. Maybe I shouldn't remove it because maybe five years from now I'll be happy it's in my Steam account. So you could remove Duke Nukem Forever from your library, but I paid forever. seventy dollars for that. That's not going anywhere. That's staying but, but, in my goddamn account. Because if think about I, it as decluttering. I guess like if there's some games you look look at your library, you're like, I literally will never sure. ever play this if game again. If for some again. reason I want it again, I'll have to pay for it again. Yeah, you know, but you're, like you that, pick the that ones license that you is never... all I've got, and you know, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And for people who want to do that stuff, great. But like, here I'll give me. you an example. I bought um, the entire Tomb Raider pack one time. Okay, okay. Uh, when the new Tomb Raider came out, so it comes with Tomb Raider one, two, three, the Last Revelation, Chronicles, Tomb Raider six, the Angel of Darkness, Tomb Raider Anniversary, Tomb Raider Legend, Tomb Raider Underworld, and the new remade Tomb Raider. I bought it for the new remake remade Tomb Raider, and for two dollars extra, you got every Tomb Raider that existed or whatever. So I look at that, and I know for a fact that I will not play those games. I might play the newest ones like Legend or Underworld, but Angel of Darkness, which was panned when it came out on PS2, there's no chance I'll ever play that game. So I could delete it right now. I'm a clutter nut, so of course I'm not going to delete it, but I could, and really it would make no difference. I'm never going to buy that game. It would just make my list easier to navigate. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I can see the reason why to do it. I just, you know... It's good. Yeah. It's a good feature. It's something that we need. It's better than not having it. Um, because... I would just make a hide feature. I guess like... Does that exist? I guess not. Eh? Well, I don't know. I don't think it does. There, Because I have like all these crappy little like nothing indie games that I bought on some indie sale that I'm just like... I don't even know what it is. Like, <laughs> anyway... Um, all right. Well, I, I think that covers all the news that's fit to print. At least, thank God. This is what about. happens when we take two weeks off. Yeah. Um, so I we should just uh, move on to the games for a minute. You always talking about 
about making kids' minds like vegetables, talk about them out on the street smoking pot. This is Games Per Minutes. How do you feel about cutting his head off? All right, this is Games Per Minute, where we talk about the games we've been playing. Normally, I don't have a lot to talk about, but I do this week, but because we're like pretty deep in, like an hour and 15 minutes now into the show, we're going to try and keep it pretty brief, and maybe we can save some of this for following weeks. Um, I played Heroes of the Storm, of course, as always. Um, now, I also got into the beta Overwatch beta, the stress test weekend. Um, so that was pretty exciting. I played, I spent like two 14 hour days getting down all the overwatch I could on that. Weekend. East chest, that's dressed pretty good. Yeah. I, I stressed the shit out of their servers and, um, that game is really fun. And, um, actually just this past Saturday, I, uh, marathon shadow complex in a single day as well. So that's what, but apart from that, it's mostly been heroes, but that's in the past three weeks. That's all I've played really you're going to talk a lot more about overwatch i'm sure uh moving forward but i do i can't let this opportunity go by without asking a couple of questions um did it feel like a first person shooter like a competitive first person shooter yeah so it feels like a first person shooter there's no aim down sights except for night widowmaker has a scope it feels like it's not quite a MOBA because it feels more like a shooter. It has shooter mechanics. It's, it's not MOBA-y. It's, it's kind of unique. It feels like a hybrid of shooter and almost like action-adventure where if you think of like how Batman has special abilities in the Arkham things, it's like you have a very limited pool of these, but each character has a unique kit. Um, but isn't that exactly what a MOBA is? You have your special abilities? and Yes, but MOBAs are very, like, um, stats-driven, I suppose. And, like, you know, this ability does 218 damage. This ability does 50, and this stuns. The abilities feel way more action-y, twitchy, and shootery than, like, I would describe MOBAs, even first-person or third-person shooters like Battleborn that try to be MOBAs. Like, this, it really feels like shooter first, but with a MOBA sensibility in a weird way. Like, there are tanks that do nothing but melee, like Reinhardt in this game, um, but it still feels like you're playing, I don't know, Borderlands. Like, to me, the closest comparison is, like, Borderlands to this game. I love Borderlands, and I could see uh, I could see me enjoying it. Honestly, it definitely appeals to me. I've tried to get into the beta or whatever. I'm sure I'll get in super soon because they'll, they'll see my name. But... Um, but the thing is, it, it, it's like a um, an actiony appeal. It has that actiony element that appeals to me. That that some of those other like when you describe Heroes of the Storm as multiplayer Diablo. Well, I didn't even finish one campaign of single, you know, uh, of single player or regular Diablo. So yeah. that t- style of game is not necessarily tickling my fancy and I'm not lining up to play all the hottest first person shooters but it's not necessarily because I'm not interested in them it's just because they're too hard to play so Overwatch looks like easy, easier to play and then I'm not going to go on and get totally reamed by it's four experts. buttons you got jump um, you got well you've got like well, I, is there I, headshot damage? sure yeah it's really hard to hit with headshots because there's no aim down sights though so um, while there is headshot damage, it's way too actiony for that kind of precision shooting. Like, it's more about u- using the abilities. So a good example is like, well, let's just go with Tracer, the iconic character. What you're trying to do is teleport around and be super annoying and shoot with your little guns, but you don't need to precision shoot. You just need to shoot. And then once your ultimate's charged up, 
you can put a bomb on somebody, stick it to them, and then rewind time and go back to where you were five seconds earlier, and the explosion happens and you're safe. Like, it's all about using their mechanics to get kills rather than, um, you know, doing headshots. McCree, the, the cowboy character, it's high noon. When it's time for him to ultimate, he says, you can hear it's high noon and you hear a hawk go, Wah! you know, and... And basically, it's just a Red Dead Redemption. The reticles on anything you can see start to zoom in on people. And the longer you, the smaller they zoom in, the more damage they do until they completely get small and you can one-shot kill the whole enemy team if they're still within your vision. Um, So it's very like, it's a hybrid of like action gaming, you know, and and shooters. And there isn't very many buttons. Yeah, like it's... MOBAs, because the thing is with MOBAs is it like, has MOBA elements. The MOBAs can be very complicated, even though they're simple in terms of like some of the high skill cap characters. And this, even the tough ones, are super easy to figure out and play. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. accessible um, and a lot of fun. And you can switch right in the middle of the match if you play one character and you just want to switch. You just switch. Like it's very easy to you know you don't feel like ever, you're ever committed into some bad decision in this game. Nice. Yeah, no, it it, it it intrigues me. If I see a, a beta invite, I will get it on, and I'm, I think that that'll be a Blizzard game I'll, I'll be getting fairly early in its uh, life cycle. Another little news item that came, that came out just today, too, um, Jeff Kaplan, the lead developer, was uh, did a d- developer diary, and he's saying that subsequent maps and heroes after the launch of the game will be free. So, like, it's going to launch with, like, 21 heroes and a bunch of maps. So if they add, you know, more heroes, they're not going to charge for them. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, more like the Rocket League map model. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I played a lot of Rocket League lately since I got my computer back in. I'm I'm doing rank matches and enjoying it. I managed to finish two games since we last recorded. One is Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. I'll talk about that in the future because I'm going to play The Phantom Pain next. And as we're sort of short on time this week, I really like the time to sort of unpack some of it because I definitely have some thoughts on that. The other game I played to completion was Tomb Raider, uh, the 2013 version. And it, it was due to benchmarking. I was benchmarking the PC. And uh, that was a game that I, I remember thinking like, geez, I I, did, I gave that game short shift because I tried to play it at graphical settings that were too high for my current PC, and that's why I didn't enjoy it as much as I could have. And I would say that that playing it, I recognized that that wasn't the case. It it actually play it, it is a bit wonky in the way that it plays, and that's what was putting me off. But because I was sort of more ex- accepting of what it is and what it wasn't, I enjoyed it a lot more. I consider it a good game, but not. Uh, not a great game. And uh, I understand Rise of the Tomb Raider is much improved in many different ways. But, like, I didn't finish this game being like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, sign up to Lara Croft's uh, next next adventure. And I think my big issue with the game was that it took itself ridiculously seriously. And it's hard when a game takes itself so seriously. It's like a Batman Begins type vibe for Lara Croft. It's like she gets put through the ringer. She kills her first person and the next thing you know, she's headshotting a hundred dudes or whatever. And and just the amount of things that happen to her are completely ridiculous. Most of the voice actors other than Camilla Ludington who plays Laura Croft uh, suck to be fair. Uh, she's very good. They suck. 
their characters suck for the most part. And uh, so because of that, the game is not like is held back on many levels and it, it's it's too somber and depressing for what is essentially ridiculous events. And I'm not sure if you remember or ever played the first Tomb Raider bow, but she wears like these hot shorts and is it's doing like side flips shooting dinosaurs, you know? Like yeah. it Tomb Raider has always been ridiculous. And in, in this case, they went super serious. Uh, which is okay. Like I think it helped to relaunch the franchise, but it's just they weren't able to deliver a Last of Us Uncharted quality story um, or or characters, and that that really hurts it. So uh, the gameplay was good though, and there, it's much more open world than the Uncharted type games. Like there are sections where you can explore. There are hidden elements. There's, so there's gear that you upgrade. Puzzles in the game too, right? Yeah, there are puzzles. There are puzzles. Uh, not a ton of them, and like uh, you, you do get new tools and you upgrade your tools. There's a, a, a light upgrading component, skills, tools, and all that. Just enough to keep you going on. And because my expectations were lower, I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, and also, it helped that I had nice shiny graphics. Uh, everything up to ultra, woo! But um, but at the same time. I I just felt like when it was done, I was like, that was good. I I wanted to keep playing it and stuff until I finished it, but it was a it was a great. Like had it come out ten years ago, it would have been great, but now with the advances that we've had and coming off a game like The Witcher Three, it's just like the maturity level in storytelling and all that sort of stuff. It's just so much higher there than it is in this game, and so. Uh, um, this game, if, this game, if it was a movie, would be like a B direct to DVD movie, like Anaconda or something. Okay, actually, yeah. it that, sounds like Witcher, Witcher Three kind of ruined you. Ah, uh, it it it's definitely made me less tolerant of of some some things, and you know, I'm now going into Metal Gear Solid, uh, and uh, I am definitely going to be playing it in the the shadow of the witcher yeah. 3 so you're gonna love I'm, all the fourth wall breaking in the, <laughs> the metal gears push the d-pad to use the rocket launcher snake <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's just like the the not to go too much into ground zeros uh but the story stuff in metal gear solid i just don't have the time of day for anymore like the gameplay supposedly the phantom pain is all gameplay and i'm looking forward to that but if it was story i would not play it because the story is so bad and so heavy handed and it's 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 like um the the one thing that made me laugh was I'm not sure if you heard but Kiefer Sutherland replaced uh, yeah. David Hayter as yeah. the voice of Snake and uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland for me will always be Jack Bauer from 24 and uh, so it sounds like his voice kind of works like for a gruff big boss he sound he sounds awesome but the lines that he delivers are like translated from Japanese and they're all really there a lot of them are really cheesy. Uh, you know, a lot of what Snake says is ridiculous or whatever. And hearing Kiefer Sutherland say it is hilarious. <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, how can he say? Because he's like the last actor I could imagine saying these things. But he's like, uh, you know, what does war mean to any of us anyway? It is the blah 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 that brings us together. You know, like some sort of heavy-handed Kojima message. Um, anyway, it's just, it's really funny. Although the urgent scenes where, where he's just, he's like, let's go, we're under attack and all that. I'm like, man, he sounds like Jack Bauer. That's super awesome. Um, and he really lends like urgency to those scenes. I thought he, he did a good job, although he doesn't have much to say. Um, 
so whatever. Uh, and I'm sure the David Hater fans will hate me for for saying that he did a good job, but whatever. That's fine. I think uh, you know, like, David Hater probably wants to move on and do other things too. I think he wants Metal Gear back. Oh, I, yeah. He'd be like, "Take me back, please, Kojima." <laughs> it's funny how everybody's now that everybody's victimizing Kojima with the the Konami stuff. They've all forgotten how how Kojima pretty much kicked David Hayter in the nutsack and threw him to the side to replace him with Kiefer. You know, uh, and Jade Raymond at the at the Game Awards had a, a sweet diss. Um, at at Kiefer, where she was like, uh, she was talking, she was doing the best, vo- I think, voice uh, award winner, best acting in a game, and she said, "It's hard to imagine your best character, uh, your favorite characters, uh, without some of their voice actors." And she's like, "Like Mario and Charles Martinair, or David Hater and Solid Snake, or whatever." <laughs> like it was like Kiefer Sutherland was there. It was like a slam. The camera cut to him. It was a slam to his face. I was like, "That's awesome. Good on you, Jade Raven." But wow. that's way, it. Way Kiefer's to make awesome. Kiefer feel welcome. Yeah, Kiefer's awesome. I like him, even though he's a drunk. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll talk more about Metal Gear Solid in the future. I, I wish I could have talked more about Tomb Raider. Maybe I'll go back to it again. But uh, um, but it 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 was it was a good but not great game. That's my review. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Did I, did I talk about uh, Shadow Complex? You just said that you played it over a over a weekend. You yeah, like it? I played it on Saturday as well. Um, not to just. You know, it was really good. It was really short. I found, um, but very well, it's sad. an Xbox Live Arcade game. It's exactly. Like not a... Exactly. It was. You know, we covered it a bit earlier. It was free, so I downloaded it because I missed it on Xbox Live, and um, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I found the combat a little awkward, um, but I appreciated what they were trying to do, um, and I, I, you know, I like that sense of going back and I found I got a hundred percent map reveal, hundred percent item collection. Well, you must have liked it enough then. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was I I like labyrinths and I think specifically I like the 2D labyrinths over the 3D ones. Yeah, me too. I love those the, Metroidvanias in 2D. The 3D ones are always like stuff's really hidden and hard to find when they're putting like the secrets everywhere, but 2D is very like manageable and casual and I think I really enjoyed uh, Shadow Complex. How did the graphics hold up in that game? I remember thinking at the time they were super sick, but that was years well, ago. Well, it's a remastered edition, but still, I mean, it looked kind of, I mean, it's kind of poopy. The story's poopy, although it doesn't have to be good for a game like this. And, yeah. And um, uh, the graphics were, they were okay. Like, they, it was, it did a good enough job conveying what the, what the world building was about. And what I really liked was that a lot of the, rooms felt unique and told a story about how they fit into the shadow complex like what the yeah there was a there's barracks and there's factory rooms so it never felt like there was any repetition like oh another type of room like this it all felt very unique which was a big plus actually for a game like this one thing I'll say about that game too is that like you know in those Metroidvania games you get pieces of gear that allow you to go to different places and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Well, I don't think I've ever played one where you are more different from the beginning at the end than you are in this one. Like you get so – like at the beginning you're just like this dude with a backpack and a little – I don't think you even have a pistol. Like you get that – you just climb through a couple of vents. You get a pistol or whatever and that's like you're a little dude with a pistol. But then at the end you're like in this kitted out super suit going like super fast shooting bubble 
beams and all sorts yeah, of shit. Like I remember at the end, and like, yeah, yeah, it's you, you are pretty decked out, and I've got super armor because uh, you know there's that secret you got to get twelve key cards to get the secret armor in the bottom of the base. Yeah, I got that. I actually got that. I think I I may have a hundred percented that as well. It's not I hard really... to hundred percent that one. Like it wasn't that bad. But it's like, do you, do you go back after the story is over to hundred percent it, or do you do you have no, to do it before? I, you... I did it all ahead of time, mainly because I, th- I wanted to find all the key cards. And to find yeah. the key cards, you just got to go to all the question marks and see if it's a key card. And um, oddly enough, I had everything but one key card. And the reason I couldn't find it was because if you're on a square tile that has a question mark and you find something and it turns it into a dot, meaning you've cleared it. If there's a second hidden item in that square, it'll it won't the map won't tell you. So I actually spent a really long time trying to find that last freaking key card because there were no question marks on my. Is that maps. a bug? Um, I don't know if it's a bug, but it's like a thing. And so I had to I had to actually look up online what where where it was. There was the one if item we, I had to look up. If we sold T-shirts for the show, yours would say it's a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, you say it's a thing. It's a all thing. this, so oh, I guess that's a thing. This is it, it's a thing now. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a, yeah. It's a thing. And um, we'll just get a, you'll just get a Witcher three shirt if it's. <laughs> it'll be like me filleting Geralt or Geralt from The Witcher like, three. I just I, like, just I just came for one quick game of Gwent. Yeah, I'm like yeah. Gwent addict. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's cool. It's too bad. Yeah, it's we we had a loaded show. Uh, we told people off the top, but uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed if, Shadow Complex. I, if it's free, and even if it wasn't, if it's on for cheap, I give it a big. I recommend if you like Metroidvanias, that's a worthwhile thing to still try. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, and I it's on now my list of games. Now I realize I have a timer because I have a. So I I spent like a hundred bucks on games on Black Friday. So I got. Um, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes got uh, Phantom Pain. I got this. I, I, I'm a sucker for zombie games. I got this. Uh, uh, what is it called? Um, uh, it came out in January of last year. The parkour zombie game. Dying, Dying Light. Light. That's it. Yeah. Dying Light. I bought that. And I bought. Uh, uh, there's a couple other games. But I also got with the computer the Assassin's Creed uh, Syndicate um as well so uh shadow complex came out in this like for free in this deluge of games that i've got but if now that i know i have a timer to play it for free i might i might dip my toe back in before it's gone uh because i thought i just had to download it and that was that right so um all right so no dialogue tree this week god knows we've talked a lot what is next is is where we answer the question, spend your cash or vendor trash, it is inventory management. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. Yeah, it's so like you said, it's inventory management, where we tell you to spend your cash or vendor trash. Uh, Crofty that Munch. is what I said. Yeah, it's what you said, but I wanted to say it too because it rhymes and it's been like three weeks. So, you know, we have to we have to introduce and explain everything five times. That's like twenty percent of our show time. It's true. Uh, Crofton, what's your recommendation or unrecommendation this week? So my recommendation comes out of that um, Team Ninja game, uh, the samurai game I mentioned earlier. My recommendation is Ninja Gate in Black. Now you can get. 
Ninja Gaiden came out on the original Xbox, uh, formerly known as the Xbox One, uh, now just Xbox, I guess. And uh, they did even a remake, a remaster of their remake uh, later in the cycle, and it was called Ninja Gaiden Black. And then when it came out for the PS3, they had like Ninja Gaiden Sigma, whatever, and they've just continued to do that. There's a version of the Vita. The last one I played was on the original Xbox. It was Ninja Gaiden Black, and I replayed it on the Xbox 360. Uh, And honestly, like it has sick controls. It's a game that is hard and there's been talk about how hard uh, the Ninja Gaiden games are and it is it is hard but you get good at it and it and uh, you learn how to play it and you learn how to manage your enemies and it's just like I think in many ways games like Bloodborne are its spiritual successor um but uh, Ninja Gaiden, just the freedom of movement, the stuff that you could do, the different weapons, the combos, the story was uh, so horrible. It was hilarious. Um, although it was one of those games where like all the women have huge breasts and all this, like it, you could definitely there's some there's some huge issues with it. Uh, <laughs> huge issues. Um, but uh, you're overall, amusing yourself over there. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, it's a it's a sick game. It's one that I know holds up really well. Yeah. Uh, you can get it on a lot of different systems now, and uh, I think if, if you got any version, even the original on Xbox, uh, you'd be well served. But uh, the Ninja Gaiden Black and Ninja Ninja Gaiden Sigma and Ninja Ga- Ga- uh, Gaiden Two. Uh, which I didn't finish, and I was into that game as well. Not as good as the first one, though, but still good. And then the whole series falls to shit after that. Uh, and it looks like it may be renewed in their new game, but like r- right now, um, the best one is still the first. Uh, so Ninja Gaiden Black is my recommendation. All right, that's a good recommendation. It's only on Xbox, though, right? No, it's on Xbox, uh, you, which you can play backward compatibility on your Xbox 360. It's on PlayStation 3. It's on PlayStation Vita. Okay. Well, if you own those things, then that's good. Oh, isn't there? There's an Ninja Gaiden on Steam, actually. It's called no way. Neiba. I don't know if... Is it, oh, no, is it the team. zombie one? That's like a horrible bastardized... Yeah, God. Team Ninja is, is credited as one of the developers, but... Yeah, yeah. no, it's not. It's a huge... It's, it's a oh, disaster. This is like cell, it. cell-shaded stuff. Okay. No, it's a disaster. Stay away from it? All right, gotcha. It looks crappy, actually. Um, okay, well, um, so Ninja Game Black is the recommendation for the official record. Uh, my recommendation is going to be Shadow Complex, and I've already talked about it a bit... Um, but it's free, so now is the time to recommend it. And uh, Crofton has actually recommended this before, I'm fairly certain, at some point. Um, it Yeah, so uh, now I'm giving it my recommendation. This is their first, I think, double recommend. Double recommend, Fist. And, um, yeah, uh, go to Epic Games, uh, shadowcomplex.com, download it. you got the whole month to play it for free. It won't take you long to finish. Uh, if you've got a day, you know, free day or two, uh, you'll probably get pretty far in it. So that's my recommendation. Uh, yeah, that pretty yeah, much covers it's, it. It's a good one. It, I should tell you because I recommended it as well. It's funny. I'm glad that you played it recently, though, because some of those recommends, like mine in particular, tend to be old, uh, older games. And uh, sometimes, you know, I don't know how well they hold up. In the case of Ninja Guided, I, I played it like I want to say 
four or five years ago on Xbox, well into the Xbox 360. I think I had just played Red Dead Redemption and then I, I replayed Ninja Gaiden, so that gives you the timetable. Um, and it held up really well and I still really enjoyed it. But uh, like Shadow I Complex, think still, I, was, I think it still holds up. I think it's yeah. still like a good, you know, it's just a, I didn't feel like I was playing an old game when I was playing it. Yeah, which is wicked. And so, and I love Metroidvanias like that. And, and, and so, uh, no, it's a good one. Uh, so, Bo, we managed to do it. We made it through this majorly long episode. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a full nearly two hours now. So, uh... I could draw it out longer, but instead I'm just going to say that you can uh, get all our extra long episodes and the short ones. There are no short ones. At exmpodcast.com. You can follow us at exmpodcast uh, on the Twitters. Uh, and we hope that you do. We announce when we're going live with the live stream, which we do on twitch.tv slash exmpodcasts, generally on a uh, podcast, rather, um, generally on Monday evenings. Uh, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash exmpodcast. Bo always puts up some nice images to go along with the release of our podcast, which you can subscribe to. You can do that on um, Stitcher. You can do it on iTunes. Uh, yeah, you can pretty much get it anywhere where you're, your local podcast store wherever podcasts are consumed you can get it also if you like podcasts and if you made it this far you probably do then you should also listen to our second podcast it's the good bad or bullshit show which uh bo mentioned earlier we take a look at a random topic every week pull it out of a random topic generator and then we uh, decide if it's good if it's bad or if it's bullshit it's not video game related but if you like this uh blah 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 you'll probably like that finally bo and i both individuals of an individual nature you can uh follow us separately excuse me i'm of a collective nature so bo mr collective <laughs> you can find the, me uh, at the beauty pie on t- you can find me at bo Schwartz on the twitter i'm a beauty pie at Bo Schwartz. I don't know why I feel like I have to talk like that every time you say PewDiePie. But... And, uh, you can follow the Greg Miller of the show, Beyond, at Crofted Steers on Twitter. Um, and with with that sort of uh, paper trail tied up, vacuumed, if you will, we will now move into the final segment of the show, the Master Game Theater Quote of the Week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right. So this week we are doing one, and I think this is a first, for a game that is not yet released. I think have we have we done one for a game that has been released before? I don't think so. Um, no. And and the reason this one got selected because this our show notes for this show are three weeks in the making. Is that you know I picked it out when. I got selected for the Overwatch stress test beta. I figured we'll probably talk a lot about Overwatch on this one episode. It'll be an Overwatch episode. So let's go with an Overwatch quote, except, you know, it turned into three weeks and there's a lot of other stuff we've talked about on the show that it feels... Suck it, Overwatch! A little out of place, but um, since we didn't come up with anything else in the interim, uh, we're going to go with this one, right? It's from Overwatch and it's from the character that Bo mentioned earlier, Tracer. He will deliver it because he knows the cadence of her speech. And uh, it will be very short. And then once it's over, we will bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. Have a great tomorrow. Uh
I just want to quickly uh, say that there's a lot of great voice things in Overwatch. So, um, all right. <clears throat> Thank you for listening. Have a great tomorrow. <laughs> Crofton's saying bye. He's done with the show. He's he's gone now. He's all right. <clears throat> you know, the world could always use more heroes. Mm-hmm.